Hello again from CMDA headquarters in Bristol, Tennessee. This is Dr. Bill Griffin, and if you haven't made it to Bristol to see our home office and meet our team, let me invite you to do so. If you're ever nearby, we'd love to show you around and share with you how the Lord is at work through CMDA. Over the years, we've covered a lot of ground in finding interesting colleagues to interview. And today we'll be entering new territory as we connect with a fellow Christian dentist in Canada, Dr. Kate Brower. Dr. Brower has recently joined with the Christian Medical and Dental Associations of Canada as their dental ministry manager. In addition to this new position, Kate is continuing her family practice in Halifax, Nova Scotia, where she's been treating patients for 27 years. Kate and her husband, Tom, have two adult daughters, and she enjoys time with their labradoodle, gardening, and teaching in children's ministry at their local church. Join me in hearing from Dr. Brower regarding what God is up to through CMDA Canada. Well, Dr. Brower, how did you first become interested in a career in dentistry? It was my destiny. It was mostly because my mother, who's very much a people person, worked in a couple different dental offices as the office manager. Mm -hmm. And so early on, all my part-time jobs almost were in dental offices. So sometimes uh, working in sterilization, pouring up models, front desk, and a little bit of chair side assisting. And the people aspect of it really appealed to me. Also, my other two part-time jobs, one was telemarketing, which I lasted at for three weeks. I was terrible. Mm -hmm. And the other one was the uh, popcorn person at the local theater. And it turns out that a lifetime of working at the theater would mean you'd always be working when all your friends were out having fun. So <laughs> dentistry, just the, the chance to connect with people, the movement of it, that appealed to me early on. Well, I certainly see connections there. Uh, popcorn creates a lot of need for dentistry, especially <laughs> if you keep eating to the bottom of the bag there. <laughs> it's one of the problem foods. Well, like you, I grew up in a dentistry environment. My father was a dentist and all, actually had his office in our home. So uh -huh. I would go downstairs and I could play with all his cool toys. And, and as you mentioned, the people aspect of dentistry is a great draw to it. You're working with your hands, with your head, and interacting with some amazing people all day long. So now I know that you currently work with a family practice in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Tell us about what that looks like. So when I started there, my mother was actually the office manager. So people would say, oh, you hired your mother. And I would say, no, actually, she hired me <laughs> right. with some hesitation because working with family can be a beautiful thing or a complicated thing. Fortunately for us, it worked out to be a beautiful thing. I worked there for about three years while my sister was going through dental school mm. And we were hoping there'd be enough work for her to come and join us when she graduated, which worked out. Mm -hmm. And it has just been an amazing thing because it has given me a chance to be so much closer to my sister, just that extra time that connects us. So we drive to work together sometimes because strangely enough, she lives next door to me. Mm -hmm. 
it gives me somebody to discuss a lot of cases with. But when I first started working, the practice was owned by a wonderful Christian dentist, Bill Larder, who uh, was a great mentor to me. So we worked together for over 20 years. And that's been such a help to me just in growing my comfort and my confidence in dentistry. And he became uh, and still is just a great friend to talk with about all kinds of things in life because he brings uh, a different perspective. What, what a great opportunity. One thing I can remember is that as I would engage with my father when he was a dentist and I was still in school, he made it look so easy. And certainly during school in my first year, few years in practice, I found out that it wasn't that easy. And it's nice to have a mentor, someone who can help you as you progress, as more and more procedures become normal for you. But now you've got a, a sister, an immediate second opinion right there for cases. And I bet that's a great opportunity as well. It is. And I love what you said about your dad making it seem easy because I uh, spent one summer uh, right after I applied to dental school assisting a dentist who really just made everything seem so straightforward. You know, and when I look back, it can't all, I mean, sometimes the caries must have been in a really difficult place to access and sometimes the roots must have broken during an extraction, but he just made it seem so easy. So I was kind of surprised all my focus was getting into dental school and getting through dental school. And then I thought everything would be easy, right. which is really funny now in hindsight. <laughs> Understood. And we all know that no matter how long you've been practicing, dentistry can indeed be a stressful profession. And we all need ways of dealing with this stress. I noticed in your bio that you mentioned you find comfort in talking to your Douglas Fir. Can you tell us a bit more about this? <laughs> See, our our youngest daughter, three years ago, at the age of 18, talked us into getting a dog for the first time. We were always like, we're too busy. And it was really my husband that was the hard one to uh, wear down on this. And it turns out this whole like dog therapy thing. I thought dog people were nice people, but a little weird. <laughs> and now I get it. Like they're not weird. This is this huge comfort. So Douglas fur is part of a litter of Labradoodles that were all named after trees. So think willow, sugar maple. And we picked this uh, other dog from the photos and Douglas fur just kept coming back to us. So we went home with Douglas Fir. I, I feel much better now. I've I've heard of people hugging trees but not talking to them. And now that it, <laughs> I know it's a Labradoodle, everything's cool. <laughs> exactly. Now, think back to when you first graduated from dental school and how you would approach patient care at that point in time. Can you think of any changes that have occurred in your in your treatment philosophy, how you approach dental treatment compared to three decades ago? Well, one thing that helps when you first start is you you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So I started out like, let's try everything. And I, after a little while, I got more comfortable with, okay, this is what I'm good at. And I'm going to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And this I'm not comfortable with. And that's okay. That I feel like dentistry gives you a lot of room to define it for yourself. I would say initially I was 
too conservative funny on x-rays I would say and on crowns I I didn't want to tell people they should spend that money on a crown and so experience taught me the value when you don't take that x-ray mm-hmm. and you miss something right. or when you don't recommend the crown and then the tooth cracks vertically and you have to extract it so I would say I have initially when I would see a patient come in on emergency with something I would look at it and say was there anything I as their regular dentist could have seen sooner and uh, prevented this problem now a lot of times with the the emergencies we see you you couldn't have predicted it Mm -hmm. but I've used that as sort of a chance to learn with humility, uh, some free CE, I would call that. I would say early on too, the cost of CE, you know, you're a new dentist and you're struggling with some debt and the value of investing in good CE right from the start. And I would say also the value of blocking off time for vacation, even though that can seem counterintuitive when you've just started working to take care of of yourself. Those are great points. Uh, I I like what you've mentioned about how, even though you graduate from dental school with quite a bit of knowledge, that it's the seeing patients day in and day out that refines that in light of the experiences that we undergo. And, And like you, I think I was a bit hesitant to always tell patients what might have been in their best interest. I thought somehow that if I were to share with them that they had decay or they had a broken tooth and needs a crown or whatever, that somehow I was delivering bad news. And in a sense, I was. I think it's not unlike the situation with prophets in the Bible. They were called at times to proclaim news that wasn't seen as pleasant to those that received it, but it was what had to be said. And um we have to kind of disassociate ourselves from whether or not the patient will want to hear what we have to say and say our commitment to the truth is greater than our commitment to making that patient feel good at that moment in time. Oh, that's a great analogy. That's sort of reassuring to hear somebody else vocalize that because I think I'm naturally a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So short term, if you want to please people, you just tell them what they want to hear. But whether it's teeth or prophecy, long-term, the truth shall set you free. (laughs) Amen. And another thing that that guy who said the truth shall set you free said once is, however you want others to treat you, that's how you should treat Mm. them. And I don't know if Jesus was a dentist, but I certainly think it applies. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of faith, speaking of Jesus, when did faith become central in your life? So I would be one of those kids who grew up in a Christian home and just very early on became a Christian. And so it has really sort of been something that is woven through the fabric of my life would be Mm. the way I would say it. Beautiful. Early on. and, And so I feel really blessed because that has made my life much easier because I have this roadmap that I had early on just in terms of trying to figure out how to navigate life, how to live life. So I would say I didn't, so I didn't have a dramatic conversion experience, obviously at the age of six, Hmm. but uh, I wasn't, I was, you know, 
saved from sins of selfishness, <laughs> which continue to plague me. But um, I feel like having those teachings, you know, uh, parents, grandparents, Sunday school, church, youth group, and the church has always been such a powerful support to me in my faith journey. So I would say that in the busyness of our lives and, and our culture is an increasingly busy life. Mm -hmm. And so it's been the church that keeps bringing me back. It's when you go to church and you're reminded you need to, to read the Bible, you need to take time in prayer. And, and I need to keep coming back to that. I, I think that's, I think that's the reason for the Sabbath partly is that we are forgetful people and we need to keep being brought back to God because we're, we're easily distracted by life. It's interesting that you mentioned the Sabbath. That's an important aspect of my faith as well. And it might be the one of the Ten Commandments that's mm -hmm. perhaps least acknowledged or emphasized today. But setting that one day aside, it certainly helps to replenish our energy and our attitudes and and also a reminder of of what God has done on our on our behalf. And it says, I think in Hebrews, there still remains a Sabbath for the people of God. And certainly it illustrates the fact that there's a sense in which we rest in Jesus all week long, but it's a, a visible, practical reminder of, of that truth throughout our lives. Yes, I find a lot of times when you look at a spiritual directive like that, there's sometimes also just that physical side of it, like God knew we needed this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think, well, is God really right on this? <laughs> Which sounds hilarious that you would question that, but mm -hmm. you think, oh, well, but my life is different. I don't have time for that. So it, uh, it continues to be something that I think a lot of us have to be creative and purposeful in striving to experience that Sabbath because it's hard to fit in. Yes, it's interesting. It says, I think, in that passage in Hebrews, it says, be diligent to enter into that rest. And mm -hmm. diligence and rest in the same sentence, it almost sounds like an oxymoron, but... Uh, it's but counterintuitive. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that was something that took uh, a number of years after I came to faith before I realized the importance of it. And, and I think when I first began taking one day a week to rest, it was sort of like, well... Okay, God, maybe that's what your word does say, so I'll do it, but I don't always like mm -hmm. it. And it was after you step forth in obedience that God shows you the real blessing in it. That's what I'm hoping to say about joining CMDA as mm -hmm. the, uh, the dental minister, <laughs> is stepping forward in faith and then trusting God to help me from there on. Yes. Well, speaking of which, now, you, for our listeners, you recently assumed the role of dental director for ICMDA Canada, and something tells me it wasn't because you were running out of things to do. What made you want to take on this added responsibility? So initially, I thought, no, I'm too busy. This is not a good idea. I like my Monday off. And I was asked to come in and just talk to our director, our executive director, Larry Worthen, and just let him know what it's like in Atlanta, Canada as a Christian dentist. Mm -hmm. And as I met Larry and the other team, some of, of whom were already friends, 
I was continually so impressed by how kind and how thoughtful the people were that were a part of CMDA. There was this uh, sincerity and yet authenticity in the way that they live their faith. They really strive for unity. So I really just was so attracted to this group of people. Mm-hmm. And then I attended, I, I wanted to pray about it uh, over a few weeks and have some people in my life pray about it. I attended their student-led conference and I was like really excited to meet these Christian medical and dental students because although it's been a little while, it took me back to when I was in their shoes and the way that Christian community just so solidly impacted me through dental school. And so I was excited to meet these people. And I feel like our culture is uncomfortable a lot, I feel, with Christians talking about their faith. And so as a Christian, I'm I need this support that I see that CMDA offers. So I just was attracted to this, this thoughtful way of living out your Christianity and, and a chance to just get support from other dentists and physicians who just had such great experience, such great stories. And I'm going to guess that you attain more comfort in dentistry from your walk with the Lord than even Douglas Fir. <laughs> I can't argue with you there, Will. I mean, <laughs> Douglas Fir is a good dog, but yeah. And I would say being a Christian and being a dentist, I have this this huge advantage. So I think the fact that I take my identity in the sense that I'm a child of God first and foremost. And I have God always on my side, always caring for me. I have prayer. I have, I talked earlier about having a roadmap of how to live out my life. And so I can take that and I can apply that to how I practice dentistry. Well put. Do any particular examples come to mind regarding how walking with the Lord serves to equip you for the unique challenges of dentistry? I would say that when you look at what the Bible says, for instance, about money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I take that into my practice because I feel like that is one area where I am commanded by God not to make money the the end-all goal. Not that I'm uncomfortable with making a fair living from working hard, Mm -hmm. but that that sort of impacts how I feel about money. I feel like there's a a lot of verses that direct me about how I should treat people. Mm -hmm. And I think think as dentists, we're very good generally at being kind and compassionate and respectful of our patients, I think that comes naturally. I think that living that out with the people that I work with and that I share this sometimes stressful job with is a bigger challenge. And so in thinking of 
if I'm a Christian, what does that mean about what I'm like to work with? Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like in connecting with CMDA and talking with other dentists about, well, what does it look like if you're a Christian and in dental practice, that account, a sense of positive accountability, like how am I living that out with the people I work with? Yes, people you can be transparent with. Another passage that comes to my mind that's very powerful in the field of dentistry is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul talks about, blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions, so we'll be able to offer that same comfort mm. to others. And I think about how, as we talked about before, that, that dentistry indeed can at times be stressful. We're working in a very confined area where fractions of a millimeter can be the difference between success and failure. And and you're trying to deal with the interpersonal aspect as well as the clinical aspect. And and that the gospel, finding our identity in Christ, helps us to deal with that anxiety. And I think it's the therapeutic benefit we receive from the gospel that enables us to help our patients deal with their anxieties as well. How does walking with the Lord serve to equip you for some of the unique challenges of dentistry? I think I would say that when I look at what I'm striving to achieve as a dentist, I'm not bound by our culture's definition of success. Mm -hmm. I'm not trapped by that, whether you measure success by how much money you make or your status or your popularity in serving God and fixing people's teeth, I'm trying to reach out to them and show kindness and compassion. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to please God in my work, I need to take excellent care of my patients. Yes. And so that gives me a path to follow in what defines my success as a dentist. And then I think the other side of that would be in terms of looking at the stresses that dentistry can bring some days, Mm -hmm. there's just always prayer. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm praying that God will help me to take good care of that patient, that they will be able to relax, that they'll feel comfortable in uh, getting their treatment. And so that's just this huge resource that changes what I start the day out thinking about. And then I also see it as a great opportunity. One of the things that surprised me when I think back to when I was starting out in dentistry, I had my group of friends and family, and I had my people that I worked with, and I I was very pragmatic about that. You know, they helped me get done what I need to do to take care of patients. And In a beautiful way, it has surprised me over the years, the way that the people I work with have become my work family. And it makes sense now in hindsight, we spend so much time together. Mm -hmm. And so like a family, we've grown to celebrate each other's good times and support each other through the hard times. And that's been a, a lovely thing to see develop over my career so far. Thanks, Kate. Blessings, sister. Thank you so much.
Prior to today's podcast, many of you might not have been aware of the fact that CMDA is not just a U.S. organization. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who connect with CMDA from South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, indeed, throughout the world. We may not meet most of them till we get to heaven, but it's a great encouragement to realize that God is using healthcare professionals around the globe to accomplish His purposes. Speaking of God's work around the world, if you haven't read the book God's Sightings, you're in for a real treat. God's Sightings, compiled by Dr. Trish Burgess from GHO, is a collection of inspiring stories from global health outreach mission trips that are sure to encourage you with great examples of how the Lord can heal both physically and spiritually. To get your copy, go to cmda.org bookstore. Let's be in prayer for Dr. Kate Brower's efforts to grow the dental component of CMDA Canada. May the Lord bless her efforts and ours to let our lights shine for His glory through dentistry. Until next time, God bless. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.